I think Jesus is tired. No, not tired, exhausted. More than that, weary, spent, burnt out. Imagine everyone in town with their faces pressed up against the door, shoving to get in, clamoring for healing. Imagine people begging for your energy, in need, crushing you with their pain. Everywhere you go, there's a request, a demand, really. Help me. Fix this. Save us. It's never-ending. Every demon you cast out, there's another. Every illness you cure, a dozen more. You restore what's broken, and then here is another broken human. Jesus' compassion was so immense that it led him to the cross. And here I sense that Jesus, the incarnate God, was also wrecked. Maybe you have some experience with this. Maybe you have two kids under age five, and no matter what you do, you just can't get them to sleep at the same time. And they're constantly calling you for a story, or a snack, or a hug. And you love them, but you're past your limit. You have nothing left to give. Maybe you run an organization. It's been another one of those weeks, another one of those months, years decades. There's no end to the emails, to the text messages, to the voicemails. It feels like you'll never get through it all. Maybe you're a healer, and no matter how skillful your work is, there's always another patient, another ailment, more than you could ever keep up with. Maybe you've lost a lot this year, and every request feels like a knife. Can you join our group? Can you send a check? Can you sign here? Can you be there at nine? Can you please? Maybe you've shown up with everything you've got, and yet there's still a demand for more. What do you do then when you're totally depleted, when you've got nothing? The scripture says, when it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. I hate to admit it, but that's not how I start my days. I'm more likely to be staring at emails on my phone before I'm even really awake. But Jesus gets up early and prays. I read that, and I know he's right, as usual to seek in the midst of chaos and exhaustion the renewal of prayer. I know that when I stop and breathe and connect with the Spirit through prayer, something changes. My prayers are less likely to be beautiful, fully formed thoughts and more likely to be exclamations of protest or pleading or frustration. But they connect me to God just as well as something flowery or formatted. And the more I make space for prayer to flow through me, the more I have space to deal with the need around me. 
The writer Anne Lamott has a lot to say about real messy prayer that resonates with me. Her writing is irreverent and truly reverent at the same time. Her book, Help, Thanks, Wow, talks about how these are, in essence, the three essential prayers. She defines prayer as a cry from deep within to life or love. And that, for me, gets it. She talks about the idea that telling truth brings you closer to God, and that, for me, also gets it. Recently, I took my dog for a walk at the dog park, Point Isabel. This is a form of prayer by itself, this walking in the sun by the water and appreciating creation. And dogs. I appreciate the dogs a lot. But this day, I was furiously praying about something that was bothering me. I wasn't polite. The prayer wasn't in any proper form. I was demanding and desolate and fed up. And the presence of God struck me hard. I won't say that the concern disappeared, but there was movement within my heart, enough to keep me going on to the next day and the next challenge and the next. So Jesus goes out in the early morning to pray, and then they come after Jesus. Everyone, it seems, is looking for him. And Jesus says, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. Jesus, having prayed, is ready to go again. I do wonder about the toll his ministry must have taken on him and the heroic effort it must have taken to persevere. But Jesus is bound and determined to do what he came to do. And prayer changes things. Prayer can make space for us where there was no space, where we couldn't imagine any air, and suddenly we can breathe again. I've been trying to pay attention to this Jesus character because he's often right. I hate that a little bit, but it's undeniably true. When he shows me where to focus my energy, whether it's on service or revolution or prayer, he opens up all kinds of possibilities that I hadn't imagined. And here, I think he's pointing to an essential truth of self-care that's not commodified or superficial. Jesus will go on to pray fervently in the garden and to cry out on the cross. He knows that prayer is real and for the most desperate moments. We hear today, even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jesus shows us that, as usual, with his life. I feel gratitude and a little annoyance. Sure, Jesus, easy for you to say. But what if it wasn't? What if Jesus really was as exhausted as at the end of his rope as we are? What would that mean? 
Well, that would mean that there's hope for us too. That would mean that there's hope for us too. In Jesus, we find a human who experienced what we experience and shows us the way forward in the most challenging times, whether it be a personal struggle that's got you tied up in knots or this larger reality of a world torn apart by the coronavirus and injustice. We can find rest in prayer and strength in mission. When they come looking for us, whether they're toddlers or co-workers or telemarketers or disciples, we'll be ready. Amen.